Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself that we are all carrying around different stressors, big and small. But when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And naturally, that can start to affect everything else around us, too. Therapy can be a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I know that therapy isn't for everyone, but it definitely has benefited me in the past with learning how to sit with my feelings, set boundaries with people, and I don't know, learn how to function with a little less shame. But if you are thinking of starting therapy and access has been hard for you, maybe better help is the right fit. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. You can get it off your chest with better help. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MakeYourBed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MakeYourBed. Good morning, good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. Yesterday, I talked about John Cleese and his take on creativity. And today, I want to talk about how to just do it, to show up and overcome executive dysfunction. And obviously, if you have executive dysfunction issues like me, not all of these will work every single time because ADHD isn't some cute trend you can hack. It's an actual neurological thing that makes it harder for us to start stuff. So don't be hard on yourself if it is hard, because truly there is nothing more normal than that. So today I'm just going to list a bunch of different strategies and techniques and approaches that you can try but I need to be very clear that not all of these need to be combined for it to work. Ideally, one or two might work for your brain today, and then one or two might work for your brain tomorrow. You know, like with most advice, it's generalized. So take what works for you and leave behind what doesn't. And I'll start with the just one thing approach. If you can convince yourself that you're going to just do one little thing related to the task, whether that be writing one sentence or reading one page or making one phone call, It can genuinely reduce the initial pressure of starting because oftentimes, for me especially, the fear of starting is multiplied because I know once I start, I'm going to have to finish it. So by telling yourself you only have to show up and do one thing, it can get you out of that trap of not wanting to start. But truth be told, sometimes that's too much. So I suggest on those days, you try the do nothing technique. And it may sound counterintuitive, but if you just show up, and sit in the environment, whether that be your workspace or the gym or whatever, and you set a timer to do nothing 
related to that task for five minutes, it is very likely that just being in the environment will get you in a more motivated mood and you'll feel more inspired to start. So you'll actually look forward to the transition of not having to do nothing in that space. And I will say from my experience, it's been really helpful to create a workspace, a dedicated no distraction zone that is specifically designed and designated for my focused work. And while it's okay to do other non-work activities in this space, I actually find that the less non-work that I do in my workspace, the more my brain naturally associates my butt on this chair at this desk with getting shit done for the podcast or whatever else I was putting off. And those techniques typically work better if I know where to begin. If I don't know where to start on my tasks, I've found that doing a mind dump before I start my work can stop me from getting so distracted about all the other shit I should be doing. By spending a few moments to write down everything and anything that pops up into my mind, thoughts, worries, things to do, or distractions, it gets rid of so much of the mental clutter that was actually the thing weighing me down and keeping me from feeling like I could start. Another strategy that I find myself falling back into is the starting with research approach. So if your task does involve research or prep work, it could be really nice to start by reading or researching that topic or things related to the task. Because in my heart of hearts, you can't do research wrong. All I'm doing is learning and you can't learn too much. So it's like a gentle entryway into the environment and the frame of mind that I will be more effective in when I do start whatever task I'm starting. And starting with research and diving into the subject can be especially helpful on days where I just don't want to turn off the TV. That said, I do sometimes get caught into research mode so much that I get bogged down with too much information. So I find it very helpful to limit the amount of research you do before starting a task if you fall into the trap of getting bogged down by all that information like I can. If your problem is getting started, we've talked about the five second rule before. I think I quoted Mel Robbins as the originator or at least the person who coined it. But the technique itself is simple enough. It's just counting yourself backwards, five, four, three, two, so that when you hit one, you blast off and start whatever you've been avoiding. And this particular strategy doesn't always work for me, especially when it comes to daunting tasks, but for things like getting out of bed or I need to go brush my teeth, it has actually come through. And truth be told, as a former nanny, it's very effective with kids. And it's also been effective if I have a partner getting up with me. I also think having a specific playlist or a genre of music that you come back to, specifically while you're doing that type of work, can really help to condition your brain to enjoy transitions more once it starts to hear those songs. There are certain songs that get me feeling productive and excited and motivated and energized. And then there are songs I love listening to while I cook because I get lost in the bossa nova tunes, but I can still focus on my work. And then there's music I like to listen to while I write because, again, it's not super distracting, but it's also engaging enough that my brain is turned on. If you ever want me to share my actual playlist with you or some examples of songs that I use, let me know. I could definitely do that. But I do find that as silly as it sounds, sometimes it really works for me to train myself like a dog. Having a certain sound that plays when it's time to start work or having a certain type of drink by my desk or I bet even using a certain positive affirmation 
every time specifically would work. But obviously, when it comes to training our brains, that comes down to consistency and persistence. And it's not a foolproof plan, but in my experience, shit does just get easier the more you do it. So if we can start associating other things that we do enjoy with the things we don't enjoy, then it can take some of the harshness off of the edges of getting started on the shit we don't enjoy, but still need to accomplish I also find that visual progress trackers are really helpful as long as you're actively using them and updating them because otherwise it can easily become visual white noise that you just forget to check off. That said, if you start getting addicted to checking off your to-do list, the second you see one blank on a day you're not motivated, you're far more likely to get up so you can check that little box off and not leave a hole in it than if you didn't have a visual activity tracker keeping track of your progress. And finally, I'll leave you with the power of choice. Give yourself different options to do things. Give yourself different environments you could do those things in. Focus on multiple tasks at once so that you can feel like you have some freedom in deciding which one you want to start with. Because oftentimes when it comes to getting started, it really is the hardest part. Because your problem has probably never been keeping the ball rolling once it gets going. Either way, I know I have talked about many of these strategies on episodes before, but I figured a consolidated episode with all of them so you can come back to it and choose which one works best for you at any given moment might be a little more handy because we're almost a thousand episodes deep at this point. (laughs) Anyway, I love you so much. I really hope you have a magical rest of your day and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, cutie. 